This is the remix. Mahomes fakes a handoff to Williams. Now throws it left corner. Red. Caught! Lasson touchdown! Kansas City! Tyreek Hill! Bling, bling, touchdown machine! An eight-yard reception, burning the Raiders on a corner route. Williams, they fake the hand, they loft the pass. Touchdown! Kansas City! The cheetah tastes the sweet nectar in the back of the end zone for the second time in this game. Snap back, they fake it, and a pass caught by Noah Gray in the back of the end zone! Touchdown, Kansas City! Noah Gray and the Chiefs cash in on fourth down and goal to go at the one. They're going to bring some pressure against Carr in the pocket. Moving to his left, he just throws it up for grabs. A jump ball that's going to be intercepted. Yes, Daniel Sorensen, Dirty Dan Sorensen, as Carr just threw it up for grabs. Tommy Townsend to punt, and now the Chiefs are going to fake it and pick up a first down on the left side to camp. Sneaky Dave Tobe, a fake punt for the Chiefs on fourth down and seven at their own 47-yard line. Mahomes moving to his left, holding it, now steps up and is going to pump fake it, now throws across his body left for the end zone, and the pass is going to be caught in the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. Darrell Williams doing his best Kelsey and Tyreek Hill impersonation. They fake a toss. Now Mahomes looking for the end zone pass caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. On an out pattern in the end zone to Byron Pringle. Shane Bouchelle came up to me and showed me this video with this kid, and he was saying, I got my swagger back. And so uh, that, that was something that was kind of my like, motto this week. And I think uh, the whole team kind of got that swag back, and uh, we got, we're going to try to keep that thing rolling. Just crush my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Derek Carr's interception was special, wasn't it? Under pressure, he, he just did. threw it as high in the, the air. Way he just chucked it up? Yeah. Just get it up there as high as possible. By the way, the Kansas City radio announcer there, uh, he didn't have a nickname for the punter, Tommy Townsend, and I am disappointed in him. Because he had Dirty Dan ready to go. He had <laughs> he had the cheetahs tasting the sweet nectar ready to go. We gotta have a nickname for the punter when he, he had throws a nickname a for the special teams coordinator, yes. but yes. not yes. the punter. Yes, uh, but not for the punter who threw an absolute laser for a first down. Like that wasn't even like, oh, this guy's completely wide open, just get it in the area. He threw a good yes. pass on the fake punt. Um now, off the field for the Raiders. John Gruden is suing. The NFL. This came out Friday afternoon, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, his main claim here is that he was forced to resign by the NFL and that the NFL specifically targeted him. I want to read uh, from what his lawyers put in the lawsuit. Through a malicious and orchestrated campaign, the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell sought to destroy the career and reputation of John Gruden, the former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Defendant's treatment of Gruden was a Soviet-style character assassination. There was no warning and no process. Defendants held the emails for months until they were leaked to the national media in the middle of the Raiders season in order to cause maximum damage to Gruden. I think he's got a case. I don't think he has one really? at all. I think nope. he has one. I think he has one. So, And I also think, I do think that if, and I don't know if this would ever happen because it's Goodell, if the 
Raiders because I think most of all he wants to know who leaked them. I think he thinks he knows, but I think he wants to be told who leaked them. And if he does, I I know I know we're talking about the NFL and they don't admit wrong or wrongdoing or anything. He's he's asking for millions and millions of dollars. Uh, right? Um, yeah, I mean, he's asking for just I mean, millions well, of dollars plus. I guess punitive. it depends on how much his settlement was with Mark Davis. Right, right. He had five years left, approximately fifty million. If Mark Davis gave him twenty million, then you come back and ask for thirty million plus damages punitive for or damages or whatever they call. But here's the thing: first off, he's got to prove that the NFL leaked these emails. I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. Can he prove the NFL leaked these emails? But the other the other part of this that I think are problems for John Gruden is in their lawsuit. They say that they only leaked emails about John Gruden. That is completely false. There's an email that got leaked about Adam Schefter calling Bruce Allen right. Mr. Editor. There are multiple emails between Bruce Allen and um, Jeff Pash, the NFL's general counsel, right? There are other emails that got leaked. It is not just like there were John Gruden emails. There are other people who had their reputation hurt by these emails. So, like, their lawsuit, they already have a false statement in their lawsuit when they say that only emails about John Gruden were released. That's just not true. So something that I also find interesting about this is you, if, and we should probably ask Sam and Ash this, but you as the lawyer are taking on the client that the very first thing you have to admit is, yes, he said all these things in the <laughs> well, email. That, that's, yeah, but that's... what you have to understand is they also did wrong things. And it's like, okay, but good luck getting people to come to your side. This isn't a criminal. I assume it's not criminal. This no, it's is civil. This is civil. You have to convince them, hey, I get it. He's not likable in this, but they also that's, did yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's my point. He's he's <laughs> never going to look like a good guy, obviously. I mean, he's never going to look like a good guy at all for what he said. That That's never going to change. His reputation is dirt, really, right. for and a lot of people. I think I mean. that's the key. He's mad that his reputation has been ruined. His reputation's not ruined because there were leaked emails. His reputation's ruined because of what was in the emails. Like, if they leaked emails and John Gruden had just called Roger Goodell, like, just a regular curse word, then nobody thinks anything of it. But he called Roger Goodell a gay slur. So, do you think, then, people just lie under oath? I think the biggest thing that also is running on this assumption is, during discovery, the NFL had to put things in emails in order to say, make sure you release this thing about John Gruden, which is the exact problem that John Gruden ran into. And I can't imagine the NFL is that stupid. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if they're that stupid. I, I, I just love, I want it to get to a civil, I want it to get to this, like Jared said, I want to get to it to get to, well, it's going to get to discovery, obviously, to a point where whether it's Goodell or whoever, is are put under oath and asked specifically, did you leak these emails? I just want to see it. I thought it was Goodell specifically. That I, just want, I, 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 want to, I want Goodell specifically to be under oath somewhere <laughs> and, and be asked under oath, did anyone in your office under your, you know, in your knowledge, did anyone in your office leak these emails to anybody? Yeah, he says no. Here's my big problem with this whole thing, though, and it has absolutely nothing to do with who's going to win this lawsuit. Mark Davis, we now, this is confirmation, the way John Gruden has set this up. Mark Davis only fired John Gruden because the emails were public. Oh, sure. He did not fire John coach. Gruden. He did not fire John Gruden for being racist, misogynistic, yeah. or homophobic. He fired him because everyone found out that John Gruden was racist, misogynistic, I mean, and homophobic. He let him coach against the Bears. And that's not acceptable. 
That is not acceptable from the owner of the Raiders. How many times have we heard about this team being so great about inclusion and this team being so great about diversity and all of that crap? None of that can be said about Mark Davis. He was going to let this guy continue to be his coach until those emails got public. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason John Gruden is not the coach anymore of Mark Davis's franchise. That's not good enough. That is simply unacceptable. And if you look at the totality of this season for the Raiders, where we start off with Steve Wynn lighting the torch, then you have a guy who kills somebody because he's driving drunk and going 150 miles an hour. You have another player released who's threatening to kill people while waving guns around who also wrecked four rental cars in a month. And you have this entire John Gruden situation and Mark Davis wasn't going to stop it until it went public. That's not good enough. It's amazing that the four rental cars are the easiest thing. It's the most simplest thing. Do you think, he said, okay, Gruden in the lawsuit forced to resign by the NFL. So the NFL told Davis, you're, you're, you're bouncing him? That's what, the, that's what John that's Gruden's what, saying. That's pretty much what the yeah. lawsuit is saying. That they, Basically, John Gruden's alleging here that the NFL Mark, made the decision. Mark Davis was not going to fire him or force him to resign. And the only reason he resigned is because the NFL leaked these emails and made him look so bad that he was going to that there was no choice but for him to resign which again I go back to it's not about the emails being leaked it's about what he typed in those emails but yeah that is absolutely his argument that is he's the head coach if the NFL doesn't leak those emails the question I have and again this might be for Sam and Ash but is how in God's name would you prov- like prove malicious intent like you, if it easily, if you wanted to leak something, you just attach the wrong person to an internal office email. Like you literally just attach the Washington Post and go, "Oh, I meant to send that to Tim Anderson. I send it to Tim Tom Anderson." A- yeah, at the Washington Post. And it's how do you prove there was guys in a room going, "We must destroy Groot." <laughs> that to me seems just astronomically far-fetched. There's going to be video of a boardroom of chanting yes. back <laughs> That's and Without it, that, it, it, it could even just be malicious. I mean, if it happened, they'll lie then. Or if it happened, if it happened, I'm I'm just saying if, if there was a meeting or if it was Goodell saying, I'm going to screw this guy, I'm getting this guy out and people overheard him, then he's just going to lie about it. Because if he goes under oath and he says, yes, I did, well, then right, I, you better get the checkbook out from Tyler's father because he's going to be writing a check with a lot of zeros on it. I don't think he needs to lie, though. All he has to do is refuse to, like, he just has to refuse to testify, right? My lawyers uh, have, my lawyers, sort of, like what Trevor Bauer did, where you just are like, I'm just not going to say anything. I mean, whose favorite does that fall in? I, you know, civil suits can be... Judge, and they can also be jury. So well, main, I wouldn't put John Gruden in front of a jury. No, I'm it, saying if, if depending on who's deciding it, if Roger Goodell is called, you're the judge. Roger Goodell, the main, you know, let's say on Gruden's side, the main culprit in this entire uh, entire uh, storyline because he thinks Goodell uh, released it. You're the judge, and Roger Goodell refuses to testify. I, to me, that's a pretty big deal. But if, if but that's John not Gruden, itself evidence, right? If John, no, it's not evidence. To, if John Gruden has to prove the NFL leaked these emails, and the NFL just doesn't say anything the entire time, that's not proof. Even if it looks bad on the NFL, it looks horrible. That I don't think you can win the case if if you don't have any proof. Like if just if the NFL just says no, we're not, we're, well, yeah, 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 we're just not saying anything. Then that's yeah, that's no. not evidence. I think one of the key factors, though, and I keep going back to this, is the malicious intent of the leak. Because if they just leaked something because they were incompetent. 
then you can't actually say it was an orchestrated Soviet-level character assassination. I do like, I do like that part of the uh, email. If it, was, which, if it was Timmy and Admin accidentally like forwarded the email wrong. So, all right, a couple of the things from the statement there. Um, the, the argument that they caused maximum damage to Gruden by leaking them in the middle of the season as opposed to July, to me, that's completely irrelevant. Because John Gruden's arguing that he had to resign because these emails were released. Well, he would have had to resign if they were released in July. So I don't understand that argument from them, why they think that does maximum damage. Like, if their argument is that John Gruden lost money and his reputation was hurt, his reputation was going to be hurt no matter what month they did it in, and he actually gained more money by being able to coach in well, longer two uh, months. We know one thing for sure, because we always wondered if this was true, because it's in the lawsuit from his lawyer. He was on a ten-year, hundred million dollar contract. Yes, they did officially because they state officially that. admitted that yeah. to where to this to this point, Gruden and no one had actually admitted that that's how much he was getting paid. The other part of this Soviet style, wouldn't he be actually dead if it was Soviet style? <laughs> no, no, no. That's the current. That's the current oh, Russian government. Okay. Oh. What what would they have done Soviet style? Like he would have at least been tortured. No, he right? would have been sent to Serbia. Okay, like. <laughs> Like, they're like Soviet-style character assassinated. I'm like, John Gruden still has all his fingers, doesn't he? <laughs> what was his record? Like, I'm sorry, maybe I'm misremembering things. What was his record, like, after that Bears game? Uh, well, they won two to go five and two, so they were three and two. Yes. And so, then they won. The, then they beat Denver and Philly to go so, five and two. So they were three and two, and they went, this is the time right, to release exactly. the information. <laughs> That's the other part, like when maximum damage. The most right. mediocre coach. <laughs> yes. Like, it, the idea of it being maximum damage in week five of the NFL season is hilarious because maximum damage would, like, would have been like, oh, the Raiders are about to clinch their first playoff spot. Or, oh, the Raiders are about to play a playoff game. Let's get this John Gruden guy to Three and two. Yeah, it's it's absurd to think that was maximum damage. And again, he actually got more money because they allowed him to coach it in his thought in his process here. The NFL waited two months. He got to make more money because he got two more months of paychecks before they released it. He would have lost more money had they done it in July. So I don't think he has much of a case. I wonder if uh, Mark Davis is called. He has to be. Yeah, absolutely. He has to be called. Absolutely. And again, if I'm his lawyer, I, I do not what what Tyler basically insinuated, I would never let him actually say. Right. Oh be, no. Because that's the other part of this. If I'm if I'm representing Would he still be the coach of yeah, your if team if those the NFL, in fact they didn't become public? I asked I, Mark Davis that question. And if he and here's the thing, if he says yes, he'd still be the coach, well we know Mark <laughs> Davis is a terrible owner. If he says no, then there's no case against the NFL because then Mark Davis was gonna be the one to fire him. So yeah, I I would absolutely ask to talk to Mark Davis, but like you said, I wouldn't let if I was I, if I was anybody but John Gruden, I'd be like, I ain't saying anything. <laughs> I am not showing what if up the to this job. What if the civil lawsuit happens in like ten minutes after Gruden? Everyone rest. Like, <laughs> I'm each not side saying each side rest. anything. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to have anything to do with this. You we my, if I'm so, Mark Davis, I'm saying, listen, I gave you however much you got, twenty million. Just so the NFL <laughs> spokesman saying. Entirely meritless, and we will vigorously defend these claims. Means entirely meritless, and we will say nothing. Yeah, which is what I would do. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, no. Shh, shh. And if I was Mark Davis, I'd be like, John, stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, gave you, I gave you like twenty million. Well, who knows? In three knows. years, you're gonna get to come back and light the torch. And who knows what? The, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what the uh, settlement was? Right. That's I the mean, thing. He like, 
written him a check for fifty more million. We don't know what he gave him. Well, that's if he got a check for fifty million, then I don't feel like John Gruden can sue for money because if he got the rest of his contract paid out, what'd you lose? Future earnings. I guess. Was he going to get another job after not making the playoffs for oh, a decade? Jared, if he ever came back and lit the torch. Oh, it's happening. Jared's that 100% would, that right. Would be absolutely when he like wins this lawsuit against the NFL, oh, they're be, bringing him back. Absolutely classic. They're bringing him back to light the torch first game next season. Coming up next, oh, we can't lose to Mexico. Bischoff's briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No. Me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Fish off brief. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier passes to Huck and Chuck. Who skates past the blue line? Huck and Chuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Dos Acero, the United States beat Mexico again, 2-0 in a World Cup qualifier. We have now beaten them three times this calendar year. Now, First off, we dominated. We obliterated Mexico. That was a non-competitive game. Yes, it took until the last 20 minutes for the U.S. to actually score, (laughs) but that was a beatdown. I do not remember the last time the United States beat Mexico that easily. I mean, the U.S. came out in high press, right, which we don't do a lot. Maybe we should do it more. And Mexico could not do anything about it. That was about as aggressive as we've ever been under Greg Berhalter and Mexico just crumbled. They could not keep the ball. It was an absolute beatdown and a two nothing win. And here's the exciting part about beating Mexico and what exactly happened in that game. Our two best players in that game were Tim Weah and Eunice Musa. Weah delivered a perfect cross to Christian Pulisic to score the first goal of the game, and Musa was dominant in midfield, constantly taking the ball from midfield into Mexico's 18-yard box. Tim Weah is 21 years old. Yunus Musa turns 19 later this month. Our two best players in a World Cup qualifier against our biggest rival wasn't Christian Pulisic, wasn't Weston McKinney, wasn't Gio Reyna, it wasn't any of the big names, it wasn't any of the guys playing for the big teams in Europe. It was Tim Weah and Yunus Musa, two guys that are like depth chart guys on this roster. Neither one would be starters if the U.S. had was fully healthy playing a World Cup game right now. Those guys are not starting, and they're both 21 or younger. Those were our two best players in a game in which we dominated the other good team in our region. I keep trying to tell you guys we're going to win the World Cup. This is why we're going to win the World uh, Cup. Hot take. Hot because take. we can be the best team in this region. We can dominate the other good team in this region. And it's not even our best players that do it. And they're 21 who are or they 19. To, who are they about to lose to in the next game? Jamaica. But okay. that's regardless. <laughs> regardless. Let's calm down here about Jamaica. Jamaica. Um, couple other things from this game. Before it. Have they even qualified technically yet? No, there's a little halfway through qualifying. You can't be qualified yet. We're leading the table. We're in first place in World Cup qualifying. Relax over there. That just seems a little early to 
We are winning the World Cup at some point in the next 12 years, 13 oh, years. Okay. I think we're doing it in 2026 when we're when it's here in the US, but we are winning one of the next 3 World Cups. I'm not going to discount you. you. You follow stuff like crazy. And if we keep doing this, we're going to win the World Cup next year and in 2026. You're going back to back? Why not? All right, there's but, hot takes and then there's lunacy. So, but one of the other fun parts about this game, before the game was played, Mexico's goalie, Memo Ochoa, who's been there for 100 years, he said, Mexico is the mirror in which the United, Stel- United States wants to see itself. Whoa, some smack talk from the goalie. When Christian Pulisic scored the first goal of the game, he pulled oh. up his jersey to show a shirt that he had written on underneath that said, Man in the Mirror. Wow. After the time. game was over, over the PA system, they played Michael Jackson's Man <laughs> in the Mirror. That is awesome. This is such a great rivalry. You were very excited. Before oh. the game, you were not sure Pulisic was going to play. No, and he he came on... Uh, he scored like five minutes after he subbed on. He came on in like the 68th minute or something like that and, and scored. scored almost immediately. So suck it, Memo Ochoa. By the way, the United States had beaten Mexico in both games this year, both for a trophy. Who the hell is he talking about? That's who we want to be. No, Mexico's not good. We want to win the World Cup, not make it out of the group stage every now and then, Mexico. Calm down, Memo Ochoa. Um, two bad parts about this, though. Uh, Weston McKinney is going to miss tomorrow's game against Jamaica. He got a yellow card in this in the last game. Yellow card accumulation means he's got to get he's suspended for a game. Very dumb. Also, Miles Robinson, our best center back, is not going to play against Jamaica because he got a red card in this game. So the United States is down. You know, McKinney's their second best player, uh, and they're down their best center back. Center back positions kind of questionable right now. It might be Chris Richards, who's a 21 year old who doesn't played a lot for us. That starts in a World Cup qualifier. But, Jared, we are top of the qualifying table in CONCACAF. Jared, nobody's very qualified yet. Jared's but we're in the best excited, spot to do it. It appears. I just am very hesitant because they lost to Trinidad and Tobago. That was all the old people that are gone. <laughs> That's a, those are two countries that There's together like, don't make up like the population yes, of Austin, it was embarrassing. Texas. <laughs> it was horrible. It was a disaster. But that roster has been like 95% turned over. Like Pulisic is the only one that's like played a significant amount of time for the U.S. And Paul Ariola that were even a part of that that's World a good Cup last qualifying name. team. Yeah. Great name. And Ariola eh, kind of occasionally plays. But we are in first place. We have 14 points. It's actually got, it's very top heavy. So we have 14 points. Mexico also has 14 points. We have a better goal differential. Canada is in third with 13 points. The top three go to the world cup. Fourth place goes into a one game playoff with a team from another country to go to the world cup. Uh, Panama has 11 points and sits in fourth. We're almost guaranteed because the next best team has six points. We're almost guaranteed at least top four at this point. We still got to, perform pretty well to be top three to finish out here. But I thought we're winning this thing. We are. We are. We, we don't need to win the qualifying table. I'm not worried about winning the qualifying. Just be top three and we'll be fine. And then we'll go on and win the World Cup and it'll be incredible. I'm not going to discount you. You love this stuff. You watch every game. You're you're very involved with it. Um, I'm just going from past experience and watching the World Cup that I don't think they're winning the World Cup. Suck it, Mexico. <laughs> Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez joins the show. 
We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Joining us now from ESPN is Paul Gutierrez. So, Paul, do you believe Derek Carr when he says it's not deja vu, it's not going to happen again, they're not going to collapse? Uh, no, because we've, <laughs> seen, because we've seen it before, and all the signs are there, and, and as painful as it might be for Raider fans to look at and acknowledge and see, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy whether you talk about it or you try to talk it out of existence or not. I mean, until they win another game or until they put together a good stretch of plays, uh, let alone win a game, this thing just continues to go down. So it's interesting. I mean, even at our own place, we have to do these, um, you know, when we do our power rankings, every week is a different topic, and it's a quick little hit topic. And, and our our topic this week is what is the te- your team's, the team that we cover, what is your team's uh, most important game remaining on the schedule? And my answer simply, you know, to scoop myself is the next one. Because if they lose to the Bengals, this thing really gets spirals out of control. They win, okay, let's see what happens. But, yeah, it's 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 tough to deny what is happening when it's actually happening, if you know what I'm saying. We said it's ironic in that the offensive line, you know, got a lot of grief early in the season for good reason, and they seem to be playing better now, and now they can't run the ball. And now he's turning the ball over. I mean, That's just strange, isn't it? Yeah, because yes and no, because they couldn't run the ball earlier either. I mean, which is the real Raiders team? The team that we saw last night, the team that has had two two game losing streaks, or the team that that started three and zero and had a little bit of a luck on its side. And you make your own luck. I'm one of the first to to say that anyway. But you, you just don't know which is the real team here. And I remember even in the three and zero start, and then when they lost those two, and, and John Gruden was still the coach, he took a lot of heat for saying we're still building something here. We're still trying to find our own identity. And Basaccia took over that that uh, that thought process um, as well. So the fact that this is nine games into a season, a team still doesn't know who it is, what it is, what it can and can't do, it, uh, you know, it manifests itself on the field like that by not being able to do the simplest of things. And as crushing as that Deshaun Jackson fumble was, I, I'm here to argue that Alex Leatherwood jumping on the first offensive series uh, to diminish that chance to go for it, um, that was just as huge early on in the game. Have we figured out where Deshaun Jackson was trying to run? <laughs> I don't know if we. I don't know if he just got lost. If he thought he should be going to Barstow, <laughs> if he should be going uh, the other direction. So it's. Uh, I get a sense that he's trying to make a play, uh, and sometimes the best play is just, you know, do do what you can do and just stop. And 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 I remember uh, I played junior college baseball, and I and I made a boneheaded play, and I remember my coach told me, "Hey, man, a man's got to realize what his limitations are." So at that point. <laughs> You can't fault him for trying to make a play, but but uh, yeah, that was not a good look. Hold on, I love what this, was the play? I love this coaching of yeah. "Hey, you suck! Don't try to do that," but in a nice way. Yeah, we're down like three runs, and I'm at third base, and the pitcher wasn't paying attention to me after uh, somebody scored. He's just you know walking back to the mound, and I took off for home, and I got thrown out by about ten feet. My run didn't matter, so why was I trying to score? A man's got to know his limitations, is what I was told. Oh, All right, that's wonderful. We saw really good Derek Carr earlier this year. Like oh, he's leading the league in passing yards. He's leading the Raiders back to these comeback wins. What's happened to him? Yeah, and and if anybody could do that, I mean, I guess maybe I should apply to get my my master's thesis or my doctorate at UNLV, right? Because 
having covered him since his rookie year with a couple years break there when I covered the Niners, the one thing that I've noticed about Derek is that he's, he's very cerebral. He thinks almost to his detriment. And when they went on the bye, the one thing I did wonder was he left us with an interesting quote. He said when he was asked about the whole Gruden mess at that point, because that was the most recent thing, was how are you going to handle it? How have you been able to handle it? You've been playing well. Remember at that point they had won the two games going into the bye? And he said he really hasn't had a time to process it. So going into the bye, I wondered, uh-oh, now that he's going to have time to sit and marinate in it, how is it going to affect him coming out? Now, any professional athlete worth his salt is not, or her salt is not, going to, is not going to admit or tell you that, oh, yeah, I'm really in my feelings, I'm really in my head right now. But there's just something that's different about the way he's playing. And I've used this analogy in the past, especially when he was coming back from injury, whether it was the broken pinky, the broken ankle, the broken bones in his back. He reminds me a lot sometimes, you know, when you see the bad Derek Carr out there or the, the cerebral, the guy that's thinking too much, he's Maverick after Goose died in, in Top Gun. You know, he just won't take the shot. The shot's not there. The shot's not there. So then he turns around and yells at sundown. I'll take the shot when I'm ready. And you wonder if there's something like that playing out on the field. I'm not making light of anything. There's a lot of things this team has gone through, um, most of it by its own hand, so to speak. But uh, there's just something is not clicking there. And if they, they lose to the Bengals, I, I don't know if they don't just trot Mariota out there just to see what they have. Because the thing with, with Derek that's interesting to me the most is the contract situation. You know, he's only got the one year left on the deal. And very rarely, if ever, do you see a team trot its franchise quarterback out there on a one-year deal or on the final year of a deal without getting up set up for an extension. So a lot of decisions to be made. And maybe a lot of decisions will be made by them uh, by the way, they play the the, the last uh, games of this season. This season, number that came out this morning. Uh, Pat Mahomes did take his shots right at Jonathan Abrams because he was nine for nine when throwing at him, which is uh, for like almost two hundred yards, which is uh, kind of crazy. Um, did Gus Bradley stick with what he does too much last night? Would you have blitzed more? Would you have done something to try to upset the kind of the rhythm that Mahomes uh, obviously had? Well, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and hoping you get a different result? I well, mean, and also think, trying yeah. to steal home base when you're down three, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even tell you. That ended the game, too. My oh, right now was the final half of the game. No. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh. so you live and learn. You live and learn. And I don't know what the what the Raiders learned last night, to say the truth. It's going to be interesting. Um, Rich Versace has played it a lot more closer to the vest in his pressers since that first one, which was like, oh, a breath of fresh air. He's He doesn't know how to play the role yet. He's going to be honest. He's going to give us a glimpse. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what they could have done differently because, you know, I, obviously we don't watch the Chiefs each and every week, but they seem like they were kind of leaking oil a little bit. And then last night they just took off and was like, oh, that's the Chiefs team that's won the AFC the past two years. You know, and it's funny because as part of my duties at ESPN, last night I, I had to be the television reporter, so I had to do an interview with a player from the winning team immediately after the game on the field last night. And I got Travis Kelsey, and all he kept going back to was, we got our swag back, we got our swag back. And then he started dancing on me, and then he took off running. So to <laughs> me, it's like, that's the Chiefs team that I know. That's the Chiefs team that I've been watching over the past three years. And um, it just, you know, Teams always seem to fix themselves against the Raiders. It's very bizarre. <laughs> when you say danced on you, I'm envisioning, envisioning that he pushed you down and then physically danced on top of you. And that would not have been a taunting penalty unless you went over him. No, it was more of a Bernie lean. I got my swag back. And he kind of like threw his arms back and Bernie leaned, and then he took off running. Uh, All right, how are you feeling about Kevin Kruger? 
I like it. I like it. Um, you know, as a fan slash alum, I, I would have already been complaining 10 years ago about, oh, they're only scoring 50 points. <laughs> but you know what? When you're starting from the bottom and, and uh, you know, you're trying to, to build something again with so many players, I mean, it, it's good that, you know, that's where you start things. You start defensively. And, you know, as somebody that watched the Tark years, it, it all started with defense. You know, yeah, they were scoring over 100 and they were pressing and, and, and running and dunking and flying, but it all started with the defense. So to be two and zero, that's a good start. Um, happy to see what they're doing, and you know to see the the law firm of Ham and Hamilton out there doing their thing. That's it's it's a pretty impressive start to uh, to a new regime, so to speak, a new tenure. That was an easy one. How you feeling about Marcus Arroyo? <laughs> hey, he's two and zero. Two and zero. Two and zero. What? He's two and zero the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that a is man's got to know his limitations. Yes. Two and zero. And the first 14 games of his career, those were his limitations. <laughs> he is Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Paul, we appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate Take it, care. man. He brought up a slightly interesting point. Hypothetical. That if they lose to Cincinnati, do you see what you have in Marcus Mariota? Here's my question, though. They did not do that last year. No, they, they did not. not have anything to play for not. in the last two weeks. Derek Carr fought back through the groin right. injury and played out the rest of the season. Who makes the decision this year now that John Gruden is gone? Uh, I think Olsen tells him what he wants to do, and Basachi agrees with Olsen. I think Olsen says, I think we should do this, and Basachi agrees. Because that's how I think this team is being run right now. If that's if that's the case, I don't think there's any chance Marcus Mariota starts for the Oh, I, I don't think he starts either. Because I think, even let's say they lose this week and Kansas City beats Dallas, I think the whole idea of them, well, we're only a game and a half out. Well, we're only a game and a half out. They'll keep, they'll keep explaining that way until they're like four out. Then maybe they're like, yeah, we'll give Marcus a shot. Because if the idea is Greg Olson is going to effectively make the decision, then Greg Olson is going to stick with Derek Carr. Unless Derek Carr is just so horrific that you have to replace him. He's going to stick with Derek Carr. But the idea of, hey... Derek Carr does is not on a long-term deal. He's we don't have any long-term financial obligation to him, and we have Marcus Mariota sitting here. What does he look like? That's got to be a Mike Mayock decision, right? If they if this team, let's say they're eliminated from the playoffs, and there's three games, three games left, left, that's got to be a Mike Mayock decision, right? Doesn't he come down and say, "Hey, he we might. need to put Marcus Mariota in the game. We need to see what we have because we are going to." evaluate well, all options in the offseason for our quarterback position. And the other thing is, this is not a backup you haven't paid money to. Right. I mean, this isn't like a guy like, oh, we're never going to start that guy. Yep. You know, Johnny Walker over here, we ever going to play that guy? It makes like 700000 They've invested a lot of money in this guy. I think it's unlikely, but there is a chance. Marcus Mariota gives the Raiders the best chance to win games in 2022. And so if this team is out of the playoffs in 2021, then they should absolutely give a shot at Marcus Mariota because... You know what you have in Derek Carr. We yeah. know who Derek Carr is as a quarterback, even though he's been pretty inconsistent this year. There's you're not going to learn more about Derek Carr if you know they're eliminated from the playoffs. Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves right. with this hypothetical, Absolutely. but like if the last three games of the season they're out of the playoff hunt, they can't make it. You know what you have in Derek Carr. You don't need to see three more games of Derek Carr. But if you're looking at another year of not making the playoffs, you might be looking at a year of changing quarterbacks. And Mariota's a legitimate option. That's a legitimate right. NFL Right, it's not a backup that you would never think would be your guy. Right, so play him in three games and see what it looks like. I, I don't, I'm just curious. You don't think Olsen would make the change because it would be admitting a mistake? Here's the thing. 
who's going to be here next year? That's where I'm coming from. Well, on this we were because... talking about that leaving the stadium last night. I, you bring in a new coach; those guys want their own staffs usually, right? So if if you're Greg Olson, do you care who the starting quarterback is in 2022? Probably not at not. this point, you don't. No. So if you're Greg Olson, you're whatever decision you're making is simply well. What gives us the best chance to win? And I assume, well, the quarterback that's been playing for the entire season is better chance to win than the guy we're just subbing in. But who's going to be here next year? Who's taking the big picture? Look, I assume that's Mike Mayock, right? So that would be, I think, where that decision would come from if they did, in fact, have to make that choice. And Leatherwood jumped, or maybe it was Parker. I don't forget which one on the one. They both did. They both moved. Yeah, they both moved. Do you like those plays split and car? You know what's going to happen if you can't get a yard or half a yard. And well, I think they been I able think, to do it. I think Ingold was still he had not gotten hurt yet. No, he was still in the game. I just I don't know. But I think it's thing. overthinking the room. Sometimes. They've been so bad. They've been the like worst team in short yardage for two and a half straight seasons. Like it's. I, I guess you make them think because what could Mariota do? I'm perfectly fine with putting Mariota any short yardage, any red zone situation. I'm perfectly fine with Mariota in the game because those are two areas that. They've been they've moved the ball very well in the last two and a half years. They haven't scored a lot though because right. they've been bad in third and fourth and ones and red zone situations. So yeah, it's is it dumb to put your starting quarterback out as a wide receiver? Sure, but lining up under center, giving it to Josh Jacobs has not been very yeah. effective. So I'm fine with Marcus Merida coming in and they would have what? Would they run the option again? You think well, that's, that's what the was thing coming? that he's in there obviously to do something or as a decoy, but at least they have to think about yeah. it. All if right. Derek Carr is at the quarterback, you're not thinking very much. Here we go. We got 50 bucks to Smoke and Pig Barbecue Company. A $50 gift certificate out to Smoke and Pig Barbecue Company out at 4379 Las Vegas Boulevard. Open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. If you want 50 bucks to go eat some good barbecue, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. You'll get 50 bucks to Smoke and Pig Barbecue Company. So we kind of have a city fumble and a country fumble rule. I, I can I can let you in on that. Uh, city fumble is if there's a lot of bodies around, get on it. If it's a country fumble and there's not a lot of bodies around, if you're in, uh, help me out here, Westchester, right, then you can then you can scoop and score. If you're in downtown Philly, you got to get on the ball. You're locked in the press box. Nick Serrani's great. <laughs> he might be a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best kind. City fumble and a country fumble. <laughs> I mean, he's got a good point. Yes, exactly. I'm not telling him he's wrong. <laughs> just the fact he said it, though. I just here's what I love about it is I want to envision a coach of the Eagles being like mad at a player because they tried to scoop and score on a city fumble. Yes. And using the phrase city fumble while they're cussing and yelling and screaming at the player. You know what a city fumble is. Right. We've gone over this at practice. <laughs> like, I just want that goofy, ridiculous term uh, coming out of somebody's angry mouth with a bunch of cuss words around it. That's or, hilarious. I mean, I would also enjoy the mic for sound guys on the field. City fumble, city fumble. <laughs> <laughs> Or just the ball's on the ground and somebody just shows, you're in the city. It's downtown Don't Philly. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, or we, uh... not knowing any cities outside of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. Well, that was the, that was the best part. Uh, Westchester? <laughs> Should we give the big tease? 
Oh, the which one? The, your hot take? Well, no, uh, not my hot take. That there's going to be an announcement about the show. We soon. can't. We can't tease it. We don't even have everything ready yet. Well, that's why it's a big tease. Like we we have no idea. I've been there's waiting something coming for us... to the show. We don't know when. We don't know where. Yes, but I've been waiting for us to have it all ready to go before we start teasing it. <laughs> like we're gonna have a big announcement on the show. Yes, big Maybe it's in 2022. Big announcement about the show. About the show. We're waiting on one critical element that is not. Happened yet? Well, that pretty, much, it that has, pretty much it is has, the one element we need. It, yes. uh, it's happened multiple times. It just hasn't. Yes, it's been. not good. No. So once that element happens, we have not approved it. <laughs> we could start teasing and then actually pick a day to to uh, make this big announcement uh, about the show. But we don't have that element, so we're waiting on that. We have to wait on that. <laughs> but that element's a, it's like the most important part of the. We're teasing of, the tease. Yeah, we're teasing the tease now. Teasing the tease right now. And we're going to tease your hot take tomorrow about UNLV football. Is it Can't tomorrow wait. already on a Tuesday? Well, I don't know. We'll find out. Tune in tomorrow to find out if we give if we the, hot, the take hot take or if we tease it to Wednesday. Okay. And then tune in Wednesday to see right. if we tease it to Thursday. I do want to ask you this Is Kevin Kruger 3 0 tomorrow? Are we yes. talking about a win yeah. over North Dakota State? Yes. Yes. 50. 50 Seven fifty-two. That's a lot of points. Thirty-seven forty-two. It's more like it. Would, would you get it? I I did that thing I normally do where I inverted the score. Okay. Thirty-seven forty-two. What do you think? I think he is. Oh, the hot take. Hot takes coming. Hot takes coming. I don't know enough about this North Dakota State team. Oh, well, two me. and zero, oh and they're the highest Ken. Well, now you said that. Is it all relatives? Because what's the Ken Palm rating? Although there's very little data for Ken Palm. Oh, well, so we played like three games. Really one twenty-seven. Like how much? One twenty-seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like it's you know they're all the same. Right. They're all the same. Um, like Cal and Gardner Webb. Well, Gardner Webb thought of the top two hundred. They got to be three and zero. Oh. They get Michigan next. Got to go in against the number four team in America. Here's what I do know about North Shock. Dakota State. They're very, very big, and they don't give up offensive rebounds. You also told me they're very, very slow. They play very slow. They're very big. They don't give up offensive rebounds. Half of UNLV's offense is Roy's hand <laughs> getting a missed shot and putting it back in. <sighs> this could be a night where all the threes fall. You know they're going to have those kind of it nights. It could be. You are one right. Of, one of the, there's going to be nights where everyone makes threes. They're going to they keep shooting threes, oh, and yeah, they, 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 could make, they could make 45% of them and yeah. blow them out. Hot take, North Dakota State wins. What? Oh, okay. 61-58, yep. right. North Dakota State. Wow, you're getting up yep. to 61. The defense is slipping tonight. The slippage on the defensive side. North Dakota State wins. Royce Ham doesn't get 17 rebounds because North Dakota State actually has guys that are tall for once. <laughs> and, yeah, they lose. It's going to be a bad day. Wow.